Well, a very happy new year to you all. Towards the end of last year, we started a new series in Luke's Gospel. And we left it with Jesus journeying towards Jerusalem with his band of followers. It's on this journey that Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. I love this parable. It's so familiar and yet really challenging. Uh, today, Racine's going to read it to us. Over to you, Racine. The parable of a good Samaritan. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. He said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbour? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and de departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by the other side. So, li so likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring it on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbour to the man who fell among the, rob the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. I'm going to focus on two people and two places. Four things in total. The two people we're going to look at are the lawyer uh, who asks Jesus the question that starts this parable off and the Samaritan, the key figure maybe in the parable. The places, one, the side of the road or what I'm calling the ditch uh, and two, the inn. So first, our lawyer, the lawyer. I'm going to call him our lawyer because somehow this guy is like us, I think. And we're going to look at the parable from his perspective. He asks Jesus the question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life or to inherit the kingdom of heaven? It's a good question. Jesus replies with a question. What is written in the law? It's very Jesus to answer a question with another question. Turns out the lawyer knows the answer. Love God and love your neighbour. It's a great answer. The lawyer is doing well. But then we get down to it. Who is my neighbour? He needs to ask. Ask. Who do I need to bother about? 
I think I'm a little like the lawyer. I know a few answers, but I need help to really understand because I so often miss the point. I wonder if you're like me. Anyway, to answer the question, who is my neighbor? Jesus tells our famous parable. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. The first thing to point out here is that the man is going the wrong way. Jerusalem is where God is in the temple, not down in Jericho. Our lawyer represents everything to do with Jerusalem. It's literally his job. No doubt he's an expert on the Torah, the temple regulations. His world in Jerusalem is where you head if you want to be close to God. And that's where Jesus and his companions are journeying to at the moment. Largely to judge Jerusalem and what's going on there rather than affirm it. But we'll get on to that in uh, future passages. But the man in our parable is going away from Jerusalem. Hold on to that. More on that in a minute. So which character is the lawyer in the parable? Well, when Jesus mentions the teacher of the law who passed by the beaten man at the side of the road on the other side, our lawyer friend would have thought, is he talking about me? He may have even thought, he can't be. I would have stopped. Now, you may have heard it said that it was against temple law, temple restrictions, to touch a bleeding body. This is kind of true, but only partly true. Yes, there were restrictions about contact with the so-called unclean, but everyone hearing knew that the priest and teacher of the law in the parable should have really stopped. There is no doubt they should have stopped. The lesson, therefore, can't only be about stopping because our lawyer would have known it was right to stop anyway. So let's now talk about our first place, the ditch, the side of the road. I think that Jesus is saying that there's something in this lawyer that's like the man beaten, robbed, and left at the side of the road. The man in the ditch. For someone who's educated and as used to influence, influence as our lawyer, association with the ditch, with the side of the road, would have been horrible. I think, and, and go with me on this for a minute, because it takes a bit of explaining. I think Jesus was implying that the temple in Jerusalem and its regulations are somehow in a ditch. In other words, the lawyer's world is in a ditch. 
The temple was no longer the dwelling place of God. God had moved out. The temple was God forsaken. Why? A number of reasons. I mean, it had been excluding rather than including those who God has a heart for. It had been regulating God's presence rather than seeking God's presence. It had been walking away from God rather than drawing closer to God. And lots of people thought this at the time. We have documents that indicate this. The man who walks away from Jerusalem and ends up in a ditch might represent this walking away from God of the temple authorities. It might even represent our lawyer and the fact that somehow he has walked away. That's why he's walking the wrong way in the parable. At least this is a thought, and I think it likely. Regardless of whether we follow that, the lawyer certainly goes from being the one with all the answers to the one who's being told that somehow he hasn't got the answers. Somehow he's ended up in a ditch. Part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is admitting that we don't have all the answers. That the knowledge of good and evil is not ours by rights. We come from the ditch, from the side of the road. We know, of course, that we can't rescue ourselves. It's a bitter pill to swallow. It was bitter for the lawyer. It's tough for us. Is the lawyer lost, though? Are we? Yes, but there's a Samaritan on the way. So our second person is the Samaritan. You see, the man at the side of the road, the lawyer, we need a Samaritan. And here he is. He's coming down the road on his animal. He's dismounting. He's getting into the ditch with us, not helping us from afar, but getting right in with us. He's bandaging our wounds. He's helping us up, helping us back onto our feet. The Samaritan is the rescuer. The Samaritan is the saviour of the man at the side of the road, of the lawyer, of us. But why of all people, a Samaritan? We've heard of the conflict between the Samaritans and the Jews. The Samaritan is despised, detested. Just so, Jesus is despised. He comes from the margins. He is rejected by the authority. Jesus is the Samaritan. 
We don't find the kingdom of God, eternal life, the kingdom of heaven, back in Jerusalem, back in the temple. We find it with Jesus here at the side of the road, even in the ditch to which he has come. In a parable, the kingdom of God comes through the hands of the Samaritan, literally through the hands of a foreigner. Jesus too is the foreigner. He comes from a far away country. He's from Egypt. He's from Nazareth. And what good can come from Nazareth? He's from heaven and that is a very different place to the place that we are used to. Jesus is the foreigner. So what of our lawyer friend? Has Jesus abandoned him? We see in the Gospels that Jesus so often prioritises the poor, those on the fringe, the physically and emotionally sick, the downtrodden, the destitute, the sinners, those judged by society. But now, today, he is giving full attention to this privileged lawyer. Likewise, Jesus comes to us, whoever we are, rich, poor, rejected, accepted, educated, not educated, in the in crowd, in the out crowd, on the fringes, in the centre. He gives us, whoever we are, whatever we have done, his full attention. But to accept Jesus, we need to accept the shame, the scandal, the rejection that he faced. Can the lawyer accept him? Can we? At the heart of this parable is the dramatic question. Can we, whoever we are, accept this foreigner, this Jesus, as our rescuer? as our Lord and our Saviour. Or can we? Our final place, our fourth thing, is the inn. The inn often doesn't get mentioned in this story, but actually I think we can say a few places about this place. The inn actually shows us that our rescue is foreign in every way. The inn and the innkeeper would have been wholly outside the religious centre of Jerusalem, further outside even than the despised Samaritan. Our lawyer would have been deeply suspicious of this inn. It wasn't a holiday inn. It wasn't even a holiday inn express. This place would have been despised. Inns, particularly ones that you paid for, were scorned. You see, hospitality in Jewish culture at the time was meant to be free. This is a hospitable people group. You're meant to 
give your home to others for free. Hospitality that costs was hospitality that exploited, that extorted. Being taken to this inn would have meant utter humiliation for the beaten man. However, the Samaritan is the one that shows true hospitality by paying for this inn, by taking the man to this inn, by saying everything is covered for you here in this inn. And Jesus is happy to say that this inn, as unrespectable as it is, can be a place of true hospitality, of rescue. It's here that God shows up. In a seemingly God-forsaken inn, on a seemingly God-forsaken road, paid for by a seemingly God-forsaken Samaritan, the kingdom of heaven enters the world. This parable should serve as a warning to us for saying where God is and where God isn't, by the way, because this is the most unlikely place where God could be, but here he is. The Samaritan and the inn are a parable of the gospel. The gospel is a gift, but it takes a lot of accepting. It means that we have to accept where Jesus came from. It means accepting his foreignness. It means accepting the scandal, the shame, the horror of the cross as our defining event. And for us, for us as Christians, it means that our choices won't always be understood by the world. You know, we shouldn't always expect the world to welcome the church with open arms. It won't always make sense to the world what we do. The lawyer, by the way, in the parable, on hearing the parable, seems to get it. He acknowledges verbally, admittedly, what the Samaritan did as the right thing. But we don't know what happens next. We do know that Jesus says to him, you go then and do likewise. Do as you've seen the Samaritan do in the parable. Do as you've seen me do, as you've seen me throughout my ministry. That would have been a meant a radical change for our lawyer. It's like saying, leave the temple and all the comforts of religious privilege and move to Samaria, to the foreigners. Does he count that cost? We never find out. We can earn, only learn how to follow Jesus when we are ready to share life with a foreigner and with those different to us. When we're ready to let others show us a thing or two, particularly this one, Jesus Christ. 
Listen to this really challenging quote from Samuel Wells, a, a priest who works in London uh, amongst uh, the, the homeless in London. He says this, Go and continue to see the face of Jesus in others. You are not their benefactor. You are not their answer to prayer. Do not assume others will see Jesus' face in you. Go and expect to see Jesus' face in them. Think about that for a moment. The gospel welcomes this foreigner as it welcomes Jesus. I think I've swallowed some of the pills that our dear lawyer had to swallow. But the last, the most difficult one, is this. You go then and do the same. It always gets me. How can I do likewise? How can I not only overcome my prejudices and my preferences, but how can I leave the comfort of my seat and move towards other people? Offer them my animal, make room for them in my inn. Let them in, let them teach me, let them be the ones that are right. Give them room to shine. We need to keep asking these questions if we are to recognise the kingdom of God among us. We need to ask these questions if we ever hope to let Jesus in. How do I give people room? How do I talk, do more than just talk, inclusive talk? I'm figuring this out at the moment, and, and it's hard. In work, in church, in life, it's hard. But whilst I change, and do listen to this, whilst I change, whilst I am imperfect, Jesus hasn't given up on me, just as he hadn't given up on our lawyer friend. He is still giving me, you, his full attention. So, just to finish. God hasn't given up on this lawyer. Despite his self-righteousness, despite his prejudices, likewise, God hasn't given up on you and me. Despite our self-righteousness, despite our prejudices. Here are two questions that I think it would be worth considering as we move into this new year. One, what do we need to leave in the ditch? What do we need to concede? Our pride, our prejudices, our past hurts, can we let them go as we accept this Samaritan, this Jesus, into the whole of our lives? And secondly, too, who do we need to invite to our 
ins. Who do we need to make room for? You may think that your in, your hospitality, is somehow unrespectable. That you can't have guests into your life. But let me tell you, that is not true. It is in exactly such places, we see it in the parable, it's in exactly such places that Jesus comes in. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you that you've come towards us. Thank you that you have rescued us. Thank you that you dismounted your animal to be with us. Lord, I pray when you say, go then and do the same, that we would capture something of this parable, that we would be those who invite others in, that accept the foreigner, that embrace the other. I pray that you would help us be those of welcome, of compassion, of hospitality, just as you have welcomed us. Amen.